Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number eight of the Reinventure Me podcast. Do you have what it takes to be a really good apprentice? Well, we're going to talk about that on this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. This is the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome back to Reinventure Me, the podcast where we talk about what's next in life. This is your co-host, Larry Gates, along with Armin Asadi. Jumping in here. Yeah. Awesome. Hello, Armin. How are you doing, Larry? I am just rearing to go here. Yeah. You know, it's been a whole... Um, hours since we recorded our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to tell everybody. Else. Yeah, so I'm not going to tell I'm not going to ask you how you're doing on your journaling in that last hour as long as you promise not to ask me how I'm doing on my kettlebell frame. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just gone and done a couple. We both could have done that, couldn't we? And then we could have reported back, yeah, we're really doing great. But uh we will be back next week to uh, update you on our challenge me progress which we took a couple of episodes ago, actually episode number six, when we talked about mm-hmm. being a great beginner, mm-hmm. and uh, we both took on challenges of our own to begin something new in the next month, and mine was to work on kettlebell training, and Armin was going to do some Excel spreadsheeting. And then I changed it. And then she changed it. But you upgraded it. Yeah, and it's working. It's working so far. <laughs> I can do it from the comfort of my bed. <laughs> and I don't think that'd probably be good for me to do kettlebell training from the comfort of my bed. But <laughs> or your um, wife. Yeah. Well, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna update you on that, and uh, and I hope that you have some progress yourself to report. We'd love to hear your own stories about what you might have picked up uh, from episode six. What did you begin? That's right. And let us know on reinventure.me or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash reinventure. Mm-hmm. We're going to pick up today on our conversation from last week where we talked about the importance of becoming an intentional or lifelong apprentice. Yeah. And uh, we had some we had some good whys uh, for doing that. Um, both of us have experienced that uh, by practicing intentional apprenticeship and I have to confess, that's not something I put on all the time. Hmm, really? I, I mean, I don't normally think intentionally on a you know, a day in or a weekend or maybe even a month in basis. Like, who can really help me with these things in terms of intention? I, I have to put that mindset on. Oh, wow. Now, I do have mentors and I do have people that I I receive counsel from. But I have to think about the new areas that I'm trying to stretch myself in and say, oh, who could help me with that? For instance, even the kettlebell training, you know, so yeah. I have to think about, all right, so who are some people that can mentor me in that area? But one of the four things we talked about were to expand our network, mm-hmm. right? Uh, foster greater clarity about our purpose and direction, things that we enjoy. Avoiding costly errors. That's the typical thing you think about, you know, having a mentor to help you with that. And mm-hmm. and then really the one that I think is perhaps the most profound is self-discovery. Right. Because you know, it doesn't really do you much good if you're heading down a path and you you, you don't know anything about yourself. Right. 
sometimes you just need somebody to hold a mirror in front of you. Yeah, and uh, and sometimes that mirror cracks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Seneca once said, the sad fate awaits the one who, though well-known by others, dies unknown to himself. Wow, say that again? Seneca, the Greek philosopher. I the, repeat the quote? The quote. I thought you wanted the philosopher's name. I <laughs> know, <laughs> I prefer the quote. A, a sad fate awaits the one who, though known so well by others, dies unknown to himself. Oh, wow. And That's so, profound. And I think, the, and I think it is profound, and he was, he was a wise guy, a wise guy. And I think it's good for us to have wise people in our lives as well mm-hmm. who can help us know something about ourselves, and especially when we're facing transition. Yes. You know, when we're trying to find our next great beginning, and uh, the last ending might not have been right. a great ending, right. but we want to find a great beginning. Yeah. And we have to have mentors in our lives that can help us do that. Right. But I find, I don't know if you have found this as well, Armin, but I find that when I think about mentoring and I think about people that I'd want to help, that uh, I come into it with a lot of big expectations. And then it's easy to get disappointed. There are so many people that are uh, deeply disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, some have posited that the pool of mentors is uh, really low Hmm. and it's really hard to get good mentors. And I I listened to a podcast by Michael Hyatt and he made that point that it's really hard to get good mentors. So you really should turn to books and and, uh, people on the internet and find, you know, find different ways to get, you know, read blog posts and all the rest. But I think that it's easy to hide behind that though, in a way. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of easy to say, well, there's nobody out there that will mentor me, so I won't do anything. And, it's and a great cop out. It, well, in, in a way it is a cop out. I think Michael's probably right in a lot of ways that the, the pool of really good talent for mentoring is probably very small, mm-hmm. but I think those who are hungry the most have the greatest opportunity to, to get in a mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the pool is limited, but it doesn't mean that you can't get in. I mean, I would respectfully challenge that, but I think there is a lot of willing people out there if you can make it worth their time as much as it's worth your. Well, I time. think I think more of the problem is on the apprentice. I think more of the problem is At, that yes, that more of the problem is that we we limit our thinking and and we have this puffed up vision about mm-hmm. what a mentor is going to be and do in our life. We think that either there's a, a supply shortage, so mm-hmm. why try? Yes. Or, or we think that there's uh, no one would ever mentor us because yes. you know we're helpless or hopeless or too old or too young or you know pick the two something. Right. And I think at every age there's something that we can all be mentored in. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you're so right on. I have no idea how much I agree with you because I feel like as wow, soon I'm as- flattered. <laughs> I've literally watched people write their list in front of me of who they want to mentor them. Uh-huh. And that's why last in the last episode I said, don't cross anyone off your list. No matter how unapproachable you think right. they are, just write that. Because right. I've literally watched people write a name and cross it off in yeah. front of me. So five seconds later, after writing the name on the list, they cross it off. Um, and I, and I asked, why did you, why'd you cross off that name? And they make excuses for that person. Like he's dead. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> I well, think if he's you... dead, you probably should cross yeah, him. Right. Off but it's like, why how, Why are you crossing him? How do you know he's not going to make time for you? Right, exactly. Why do you minimize yourself? Why do you assume you're not worth his time? He might not have time, but it doesn't mean he won't make time. Yeah. And I think we learn something in the pursuit. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and so if we're hungry enough, I think uh, that, that says something. Yeah. 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 Well, I saw a quote that Larry Queen, Larry Queen. 
Boy, are we having fun today. I saw a quote from Larry King that I really, really liked. It's going to be our Inspire Me uh, segment. I hope that makes news. <laughs> Larry King said this. You know, he's, he's, he's had so many terrific people on his show. And if somebody ought to know about mentoring, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just being able to sit and interview as many people as he did. I should have looked up how many people he actually have, has interviewed in his life. But a couple. Yeah, a few, <laughs> like a few dignitaries, right? right. And, but he said this, and I think this is so right on. He said, I remind myself every morning, nothing I say this day will teach me anything. So if I'm going to learn, I must do it by listening. Hmm. That's so good. Oh, you know, I just imagine what it would have been like to have even sat next to him through the course of his career yeah, and just heard all the stuff that he, he heard. I mean, you can soak in so much yeah. just by listening. Yeah. And I think that that sets us up really for this, this topic. Indeed. Quickly, I just want to throw this, and I met this guy from church. His name is Olaf. He owns, he holds 27 patents in nuclear engineering of some of some sort. So he has a he he's the one who created a lot of the um, nuclear power plants. He, I mean, this guy is just one of the most accomplished human beings I've ever met. And uh, and I remember when I was sitting with him at, I think we we're at Baker Square, and, and I asked him that question. What, what is one of the greatest lessons you've learned in life? And he said, oh, that's easy. He said, you don't learn from talking, you learn from listening. Yeah. And that's all. And he just, That's it. Yeah. And then it was just, just pause and silence, and I just soaked it up. Yeah, he just, yeah, because you couldn't really do much then, right? You couldn't no. say anything. You can't say anything to that, right? It's kind of like, keep your mouth shut and exactly. then observe, grasshopper. Yeah. And I did. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's some attitudes I think we've got to get straight if we're going to take this uh, intentional apprenticeship thing seriously. Mm-hmm. And the first question that we need to keep in mind is, are we willing to change? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think it's so easy to think, well, I want to mentor, but what I want is I want somebody that's been down the road, not to help me change, but to affirm that I'm, that I'm okay. You know, I, I want affirmation. Right. And if I can get affirmation from more prominent levels, then that makes me feel better about myself. Right. You know, and justify it, and just yeah. I mean, it's it's basically I want a renowned mentor, yep. and I want to be able to say their name and have other people go, "Oh, he's mentoring you," so, because it, it it plays to your own ego, right? And it's really not about change at all, right? It's know? about credibility yeah. almost. I'm I'm really uh, amazed by some of the professional golfers that have coaches where you know you've never heard of their name at all. I mean, they're not. They're not necessarily prominent, yeah. but they're taking advice from them because they want to change. Yeah. And they, they're, they're trusting them that they can change. And it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with just association or prominence. Yeah, so that's very true. first question, if you, if you want to get your attitude right about being a good apprentice is just saying, are you willing to change? Hmm. A second is, are you willing to work at it? Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a phenomenal question. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's key. Because you got to own this, and it's going to be hard to find a mentor. And you, you know, we already talked about the mm-hmm. available supply mm-hmm. is uh, is probably not great. And you know, the old the old line: if the student is willing, the teacher will appear. And you got to believe that. You yeah. got to believe that if you're hungry enough, if you are willing to just keep at it, not to start and stop. And you know, you've got to you've got to have something that says, uh, "I'm really thirsty 
to learn. Mm-hmm. It comes across. People pick that up. Yeah. Can you repeat that quote? Because I, I, I mean, you kind of breeze through it, but I think it's actually a really profound quote where you said, if the student is willing, the teacher will appear. Yeah, you just did. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> you look confused when I asked. So I was like, I'll just say it. I wasn't sure which quote you're Yeah, I know. To. I know because you said a quote before, but I, I, I really do think that's a really, really important yeah. quote because if I if, picked that up from the Mask of Zorro, by the way. <laughs> did you really? Is that yeah. true? Oh. No, it's been out there a long time. It's just the Mask of Zorro. <laughs> oh, I was like, well, it lost its profundity. <laughs> but I know it's true. It's true. It is. If, if, if you are willing as a student to make yourself available, to go the extra mile, to present yourself, to be there, to whatever it takes, I, I think the teacher will appear. I think that quote is right on. Yeah. And, um, and then finally, the third mindset that we have to have, the attitude of an intentional apprentice, is to ask yourself, are you willing to work with what you have? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're going to talk about setting the bar really high and pursuing the best mentors you can but are you willing to work with the ones that you have? Because that teaches you something or that tells you something about your own teachability. Mm-hmm. You know, again, back to that. Do I have to have the, do I have to have the top of the line before I'm willing to do anything? Right. And I believe you can learn from anybody. I believe that anybody can mentor you in some area. Um, if you just look for it. And oftentimes I think we confuse this idea when we think about mentors, we think, that they have to be holistically everything. You know, they've got to be the super business person and the super spiritual person right. and the super finance person and they're super with the home life and they're super with, you know, and, and it's like they've got all the facets of their life together right. and they, they can manage all this stuff. They're managing multiple businesses, a family that's thriving, and, and then they've right. got time for you anytime you want, for as long as you want. Yep. I mean, that's the fantasy, right? <laughs> My perfect ideal world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're going to share their life. They're going to share their family, right. their corporate jet. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I would like that. You know, their condo in, in Mexico or, you perfect. know, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, Let me know when you have all that. Let's, so let's keep can... dreaming here. <laughs> <laughs> but are you willing to work with what you got? Right now, mm-hmm. you are mean. I mean, you, you're very well networked into a lot of mentors I know. And right now, we all have people that can help us move along in some dimension in our life that we're probably not even spending the time thinking about it because they're right in front of us. Oh, without a doubt. You know? Yeah. yeah there's, there's so many people around us that um, have a specific focus that we could learn from, but because we, we think in generalities that we need the jack-of-all-trades to mentor us, we missed some very... Um, I don't know. I, I I I don't want to say that they're special because that just almost sounds condescending. But they're extremely gifted human beings that are around us, and we just don't know it because they spend so much time um, in the Bible, or they spend so much time in certain things that we wouldn't assume would be so uh, beneficial for us to learn from them. But it is. I mean, it's a focus that they have, and it's a focus for us to be. Um, it w- would be worth for us to learn from that. Yeah, and, and face it, the ones who are most likely to invest time in you are the ones that already know you already. They love you. They care about your pursuit. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, they want to see you successful. Yeah. And they're the most likely, and it's, again, back to the, if the student is willing, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. The teacher's there, in a way, you just, it, they won't appear until you ask the question. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And how, how, how do you handle, you know, X, Y, Z thing? And then, and... I think we get so over, we over-engineer this idea of what a mentor is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we don't realize it's those little opportunities to learn from one another yeah. that can help shape our lives. Those are great questions. So it 
kind of puts our attitude in check to figure out are we even ready to pursue. Right. But um, I, I think what's going to be really helpful is the how-to process. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, well, well, we have four things, and I'll, I'll start with the first. Then okay. you can sh- you can share you know, one or two things that that sure. you've come up with. But um, first thing is really start small and, and be focused. Hmm. So you know, as I said, we we tend to over exaggerate what this idea of mentorship could be for us. And it could just be a very small thing. So just think about one thing that yeah. you want to accomplish, maybe gain some skill in or uh, some uh, perspective about, and then ask yourself, who do I know most immediately in my network that might know something about that? Yeah. You know, For example, you, know, you wanted to gain some Excel knowledge or journaling or me with kettlebells. You know? <laughs> so who in our network can... Hey, say, come alongside and say, you know, I'm going to give you some of these pointers and techniques and I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to check in with you. I'm going to see how things are going. You know, when we're starting out, especially with something new, we don't need the the world's leading master in something. We just need somebody that's a few steps ahead of us. Right. And so the more likely we start with a mentor and keep it small, the more likely we're going to we're going to find one. Yeah. And, and to your point from the last podcast, sorry, you were saying a mentor could even be someone younger than you. Yeah. Uh, when I was thinking about the Excel spreadsheet, I, I, that's exactly who I was thinking of as one of my old interns who's a few years younger than me um, in a different field than me, but he was uh, just an Excel spreadsheet whiz. Yeah. And I, I, I that's the first person I thought of and, yeah. I, and I wanted him to teach me. Right. And, and when you start with somebody that you don't know, start small there too. Don't start your conversation with, will you be my mentor? I'm looking for a mentor. You know, that sounds very heavy to begin with and like right. a lot of commitment. Right. You know, just start with a, you know, I'd like to buy you a cup of coffee. I know you're really good in this area. Could we just chat about it? I'd love to you know, just pick your brain on a few topics mm-hmm. and, and, and just go from there. Don't yeah. o- overspend your time. Um, you know, be courteous. If you tell them you want to meet for a half an hour or a 15 minute conversation on the phone, yeah. just ask a couple questions, be sensitive to the time so that you don't go over. Right. They may keep you longer, yeah. you yeah. know, but that's, Which that's then their generosity to you, not, mm-hmm. not you creating a burden for them. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's very important to decipher the difference between engaging in a transaction mm-hmm. mentor mentee or engaging in a relationship mentor mentee mm-hmm. right so if 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 it becomes a transaction there's something that's constantly being exchanged yeah. right but if you're just approaching someone even though you want them to be your mentor you're approaching them in a way that says i really want to build a relationship from you and through that relationship i will learn and grow from you yeah and and while you're there if you're somebody you're meeting find out what they're interested in so that you can find a way to give them something back that's yes. that that's that reciprocity yes. of relationships so that it isn't just always about you exactly i mean these are people that have needs and and interests as well. And you can feed into those and, and be a very winsome uh, partner with them. And mm-hmm. uh, and that makes it more enjoyable for them to uh, be with you as well. That's right. Add value or disappear. Yeah. So what's the second thing? So the second thing is pursue the best mentors possible, which is kind of what we've been already talking yeah. about. But I, it's an important point to hit home. Again, back to what we're saying. It, we're so quick to cross someone off the list because we think they're too important, too big, too out there. You don't know until you try. Don't cross them off the list until you go after them. A lot of these people, they are too busy, but don't get me wrong. The best mentors in this world are too busy to mentor anyone, but those are the people that are worth pursuing. Those are the people that are worth getting in front of one way or another. 
Mm-hmm. So I have a story from um, the uh, the pastor at um, Substance Church where I used to work at, Pastor yeah. Peter Haas. So he's all about mentoring. Um, that's one of the things I really clicked with him is he, he, he has the same passion for being mentored and mentoring that I do. And he tells this very uh, awesome story of one of my acquaintances, actually. Um, he His name was James. He would always show, uh, show up to or walk up to Pastor Peter and he would always ask him, Pastor Peter, I want you to mentor me. Is there... Is there anything I can do to get you to to spend a little bit of time from me? And Pastor Peter, as much as he wanted to, he just literally did not have time. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, but he it would never stop him from asking. So every Sunday he would see Pastor Peter and say, "Hey, can I can I just half an hour of your time?" And Pastor Peter, as much as he wanted to, would just say no. And he'd be like, "James, listen, man, I barely have enough time for my own staff, mm-hmm. let alone." having someone else to take on and mentor. And he said, all right. And then one of the times James reaches out to Pastor Peter and says, Pastor Peter, I want to mow your lawn for you. I know you said how busy you are. So I want to take some time that you'd have to spend on cutting your grass and just do it for you. Mm. And I'll do it for free. I just, I just want to add value to Mm. you. So this guy starts showing up twice a week to cut Pastor Peter's grass in his lawn. And before Pastor Peter knows it, he, Pastor Peter laughs every time he tells this story. But he said, before I knew it, this guy was getting more time with me and getting me to <laughs> mentor him more than any of my staff because every time he'd get done cutting the grass, I would give him some iced tea, some water, right. whatever. And we just sit and chat for half an hour, hour, and so that guy would, got exactly what he wanted. Well, he was hungry. He showed that he, he could get it. Yeah. And you know, those who are at that higher level that you're talking about, you know, pursuing the best ones, best mentors possible, they have all been mentored. Mm-hmm. They know the value of mentoring. Yeah. And if there's a right opportunity that can fit within how they manage their time and the priorities they have, they will give back. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not experienced where they where they won't. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some that, you know, are just grabbing for themselves. But yeah. those are probably not the ones you're looking for as the best mentors possible for you anyway. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's great. So the, what was the next point we got? Yeah, so be a learner. I mean, that seems rather obvious, but I'm always amazed when I'm uh, asked to meet with somebody mm-hmm. how unprepared they are when we meet. Uh, they'll just come and they'll have a conversation and it'll go all over the place. And I'll, after a few minutes, I'll sit there and go, well, what was it that you wanted to meet about precisely? And I'm the one that feels like I have to direct the conversation and they're the one asking me to the meeting. But I'm really impressed by those who come to a, a meeting, they arrive on time and they come with a list of questions already prepared. They they know, hey, I don't mind if somebody opens up a notebook and says, hey, I have a few questions I want to ask you. I'm actually honored by that because that means they took time to prepare. They know what they're there. They're being intentional about it. And they're, they're valuing my time by saying, hey, I, I, I've got four questions and this is what I'd really like to learn from you when we're together. Mm. So when you put on the process of, of learning something, think about it like you're approaching a mentor like you're studying for a final exam. You know, what are the notes that you need to be prepared to, to think about? This is valuable, valuable time. Some of the people that you will be seeking counsel from, yeah. if you figured out what their salary was and the hourly rate, I mean, you know, we could be talking hundreds and thousands of dollars an hour or maybe more, Yeah, you know? And if you think about what could you learn if you get 20 minutes of their time, you know, what could you learn? They're giving you that for free. Yeah. And you should be thinking about, man, this is like MBA level stuff material that you should be writing down. So yeah. come at it with an attitude of a learner that you're just going to take everything you can by asking them some really good questions. Don't make your mentor 
try to figure out what you want. Yeah. You know, be clear about that. I love that. Je- Jeffrey Gittermer once talked about that. And he said, I love those people who reach out to these uh, big prominent people and say, hey, I'd love to take you out to lunch um, and pick your brain. And he <laughs> and then he responds, hey, why don't you let us take you to lunch and just pay our hourly fee? Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll pay for your $50 lunch out of our $500 fee. Right, and, exactly. And when I first heard that, I was like, oh, I was that guy until I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's and that's really where some of these people are at. And, yeah. and, you, and you want access to that kind of talent. You know, you talked a minute ago about finding the best and the brightest. And how do you go about doing that? You know, one of the things that I think you need to do when you're trying to do that is just ask the people that are already in your network if they know somebody like that. And mm-hmm. I've been amazed at how much my network wants to show off who they know. Yeah. You know, because it's kind of like an ego thing. I kind of know this person. I know <laughs> that person. Now, it's you know, true. the challenge, of course, is can you get to them? Yep. But they love to show off who they know. That's right. So you can get to some pretty good names. At least you can identify who they are. The strategy for reaching them might be a little bit more challenge. And that kind of brings us down to the fourth point. Yeah. And, and I'll let you talk on this a little bit just because um, I, I, you, you are more articulate about this than I am, but it's owning the pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, so not... I mean, you kind of touched on it already, but as the apprentice, it's your job to set the appointments and the topics that you'd like to explore, just like you were just talking yeah. about. And and I think if they knew how sought after you are as a mentor, that that's really important advice that you're giving, that if someone actually does get your time to come prepared and having notes and having questions written out, I mean, you're literally giving them a how-to guide of saying, here's how you would get me to actually mentor you because you would show me how prepared you are to actually yeah. get the most out of this interaction. Yeah. Well, I like to think about being an apprentice like you're a good salesperson. Yeah. You know? And even even identifying who are the great sales targets to kind of have as my mentor. That's why you set the bar high. But now right. think about yourself as a salesperson. Good salespeople never give up the pursuit. They never surrender the control to their prospect. Mm -hmm. They always have a next action that they can be responsible for. Hmm. So I'm the one always setting the follow-up call. I'm the one always making sure that uh, the email reminder goes out that we're meeting and is this still a good time? And and I'm the one always owning the pursuit Hmm. and want to make the burden on the mentor as low as possible. And convenient and as co- possible. And convenient as possible. You're always going to their place. You're always, you, you do not make your mentor have to go any further than they have. Remember how much time, you know, thousands of dollars an hour or yeah, whatever it is, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's important. And, and convenience does so much for them just because you, you, you just show up. They don't have to go anywhere. You, I mean, it, consider drive time. You know, if I ask somebody to meet me, if I'm if you, you if you're mentoring me, I live in Maple Grove. You live in Egan, and I mm-hmm. say, "Hey, Larry," which is like, let's put that in perspective. That's it, like 45, 50 minute drive yeah, without traffic, right? Uh, GPS fifty two minutes. Okay, exactly. 52 so, minutes. so if I'm asking you to meet me in Roseville, I'm asking you to drive a half an hour, right? Right. So that means I'm not asking you for an hour of your time. I'm actually asking you for two hours of mm-hmm. your time. That's right. And that's an inconvenience for someone that's got as much to do as you do. Sure. So yeah. Well, for and for really for anybody that you're asking something from. Yeah. You know, uh, and and that's just one of the things you have to factor into it when you're when you're pursuing a mentor. Think of yourself as a salesperson. How can you win that account? And yeah. that account is just the time to get the answer to the questions that you might have. Right on. Right. Now, there's one other final thought here, and this is this is really important. I've had a lot of terrific mentors in my life. Now, 
and, and trying to shoot as high as I can to get really great mentors. Mm-hmm. And they don't have time for me. I mean, I know they don't have time for me because they've got so many other more important things to do. Yeah. But here's what I found happens. It's really easy when you start to see something of the time that you're getting with these mentors and the, and something of the success that they have to start then comparing yourself to where they're at. And mm-hmm. it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy even though you feel inspired by the mentor to also go, oh, I have so far to go. Yep. And I just feel like I'm, there's no way, yeah. you know, I'm trying to do the, do the math here on how long <laughs> it might take me to get to where they're at. And you end up just, you know, feeling a little bit envious or, or possibly even resentful hmm. and their, their path is not your path. Wow. You know, they have to, they inform you about your path, but you are not to become your mentor. Hmm. You were to pick up skills from your mentor. You're to pick up things that can give you new insights and fresh ideas, but don't become your mentor hmm. because then you lose yourself, hmm. you know? And the best way to ward off that envy and resentment that comes up, when it naturally comes up when we see people that are excelling in an area that we have an interest in, yeah. the best way to reward, reward that or ward off that is at practice Thanksgiving, hmm. you know, to be thankful yeah. because that's the thing that eradicates Envy and resentment is when we we thank God for the gifts that we have, the opportunities that we have in front of us. And no better way to practice that Thanksgiving than to thank the mentor for for the time that that they're spending with you and the investment that they're making in life. And that puts everything back in perspective. I love that. Actually, I think that's part of our challenge me segment. So let's jump right into that. So a part of the challenge me segment is we we wanted to at least acknowledge those people in your life who are already mentoring you. And if those people already exist in your life, then what we wanted to challenge you to do is um, do something simple like writing a note of thanks and specifically mention those people, what they're doing for you, what, uh, what they've done for your life, the impact that they've made, and genuinely thank them for mm. that impact and let them know that you not are only grateful and appreciate them, but that you recognize them for what they've done in your life. You know, I've had some guys send me emails thanking me for steering them in a direction that I might have done two or three years ago. And honestly, I have to go back in my calendar and look them up or look them up on LinkedIn because it's been so long. I didn't Hmm. even remember the conversation. But when they do that, I am now more inclined to help them again because they've just said, hey, Last year, you took uh, some time. We had some coffee together. You introduced me to some other people, expanding my network, the reason for the thing. And they got a job as a consequence of it or whatever, and they're thanking me for it. I'm like, now we keep in touch more often. You know, those kinds of things come up. And I'm like, I'm more inclined to help them because they, well, like the one in 10, you know, that that came back after getting healed, that Jesus Mm -hmm. healed. He says, weren't there 10 that got healed and only one came back? Yeah. Now the blind, yep, right? That's right. And uh, and and you're more inclined to remember that one that came back and said, you know, I'm I'm going to help you again. Exactly. And it's advice that didn't fall on deaf ears as you saw somebody give it legs and run with it. And right. Not only run with it, but to remember who helped them through that process. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So we have a two part of this challenge. That's right. Challenge me. You want to do the other? Sure. Um, so the other thing is we wanted to challenge you to do is review the list from the last show. So we asked you to make a uh, list of why you want to mentor the areas you want to mentor in, and the people that you want as a mentor. So reviewing that list again, and after you review that list, find ways to possibly meet with them. So the challenge is, now that you have the list of people and you know what you want from them, pursue one of them. Not all of them, just 
strategic pick one. Yep. Start strategically small. map out that one person of how you want to get to them. Maybe your cousin has a direct connection to them, a friend, a pastor, uh, whoever you know, whatever strategic plan that you can come up with to reach that person. And yes, I'm saying strategic. And yes, I'm telling you to be intentional. And no, I'm not telling you to blindly send out an email that says, will you mentor me? Right. Put some thought into it. Put a plan around Think it. Think like a salesman. Exactly. Right on. And and make it a reality. And even if they say no, no doesn't always mean no. Maybe it means find a different approach or find a way to add value to them or find a way to take some take something off their plate so that they will give you their time. Yeah, absolutely. And with this Challenge Me and with all the others, we like to invite you to sound off. How, how are you doing uh, with your Challenge Me? What are some of the successes that you've experienced? Maybe some of the frustrations or challenges you've had yourself and questions maybe that have come up. What's your favorite way to win a mentor over? Uh, leave some uh, comments about that on this uh, episode show notes. You'll find the uh, Inspire Me and some of the other resources that we have for you in the show notes. We invite you to, to take a look at that as well. You'll find that at reinventure.me. Uh, next uh, Dream Intensive Workshop is March 14th and 15th in Denver, Colorado, Mile High City. We are going to be exploring the dreams that God puts in our lives. We're going to look at how to cultivate those dreams, but more importantly, we're going to come out of it with a 90-day action plan to get moving on them. So we get get some uh, get some action underneath the things that maybe God is inspiring within you, if you can be part of that. Join us at dreamintensive.com. You'll find all the information there. And we look forward to speaking with you next week on our next episode of Reinventure Me. Never stop becoming what you should be. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Amin Asadi.